Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling aficionados, welcome to another special episode of the Wrestle Arts Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Edge, the voice of Indianapolis, and today we have a real treat for you. It's not just about the action in the ring, it's about the stories, the journeys, and the dreams that make the world of professional wrestling so captivating. Joining us today is a rising star in the world of wrestling, Kevin Panic. Kevin has been making waves at Wrestle Arts with his impressive performances, and there's good reason behind that. He's a product of the prestigious Nightmare Factory, a wrestling training school run by none other than Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall, two names synonymous with the industry. Now, the Nightmare Factory is where dreams of becoming a professional wrestler become a reality, and Kevin Panic earned himself a special moniker during his time there, Sneaky Strong. Today, Kevin's going to take us through his incredible journey from his time at the Nightmare Factory to his experiences in the ring at WrestleArts. We'll delve into what it's like to be trained by legends like Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall, the challenges of breaking into the wrestling world, and how he earned the Sneaky Strong title. So sit back, relax, and get ready for an in-depth conversation that gives you a sneak peek into the life and career of a young wrestler on the rise. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to hear the story of Kevin Panic. All right, I am joined this time at Kevin Panic. Kevin, can I ask you a series of six questions to get us started? Go ahead, I'm ready. Okay. Good guys or bad guys? Bad guys. Really? Why? I don't know. They have more fun. Because you're not a bad guy. That's why. Is you secretly want to be. Just a little bit. Who's your favorite Disney villain? That's, oh. not, that's not part of this questionnaire now, but now I got to ask. Ooh, Scar from The Lion King. Really? Yeah. Okay. Who's your favorite good guy in Disney? Favorite good guy in Disney. That's tough. The genie in Aladdin? I just, man, I just watched Aladdin for the first time because I was babysitting some kids. The the Will Smith version? I have not seen that one. I think the I think Will Smith's genie is better than Robin Williams' genie. I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but the songs are amazing. Okay, Will, okay. Will Smith killed it. He was, and I, you know, I'm on Team Chris Rock in that whole debacle, but I love Will Smith's genie in, uh, in Aladdin. Is The Incredibles Disney, or is that Pixar? I think that's technically Pixar. I think. Don't oh. quote me. You were going to pick somebody in The Incredibles, really? I, that's the first thing off the top that's of my head. That's an ensemble movie. You're going to say Mr. Incredible? Mr. Frozo. Nice. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. <laughs> I can't think of anybody. So you know what? We'll go with the uh, the genie in Aladdin. Are you um, Peter Pan or Hook? Hook. Okay. Yeah. Or Rufio? Hook. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then my last question for, I, apparently I just went down the rabbit hole here. Uh, Gaston is a good guy or a bad guy? Ooh, that's a tough one. I feel like he's a little bit of a tweener. I like. Yeah. I, he's just trying to protect his town. Yeah. You yeah. Know? He's he didn't do it. He was just trying to kill Beast. He didn't know anybody. He's like, hey, I got. You know I what? He's a good guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, like you said, he was just trying to protect. That's all. I'm just trying to learn about you, Kevin, and I learned a lot about you. Kevin Panic here. Uh, question number two out of, uh, you know, it's supposed to be question two. Uh, who's your favorite all-time wrestler? Favorite all-time wrestler? It's The Rock. Oh, no. wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, when he didn't even have to speak. All he had to do was just go out there, and he had the people mm. in the palm of his hands, and he had them cheering with just a look and an eyebrow. Okay. Like, it's Fair enough. Literally, he is the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, mm. just for that fact. I just watched his, uh, was it WrestleMania 15? Was it the, my way, or was it WrestleMania 17? I think it was WrestleMania 17 where it was uh, Fred Durst, my way, my way or the highway, where it was him versus Austin, and they had the uh, oh. they had the Jim Ross locker room interview that's to this day one of the best hype interviews of all time. I think that might have been 17, but I know they went back to back. Yeah, right? that, was, ooh, that, was a, that was a good one. That was uh, That was a really good match. 
He goes, you might want to take that bass out of your voice. And Rock goes, well, I might not. <laughs> Go back and watch that. It's a good one. Jim Ross leading the way. Uh, number three, favorite move in wrestling? Favorite, ooh. Favorite maneuver, if I was Vince McMahon? Favorite maneuver in wrestling. There's so many. Not one that you can do. It doesn't have to be one you can do, but is there one that you looked at and you're like, I would love to do that? You know, I'd have to say uh, the Phoenix Splash. Okay. I feel like I have a pretty good Phoenix Splash. I haven't pulled it out yet. You do. Well, I've seen your Frog Splash, so I guess I assume your Phoenix Splash would be just as good. You I, I haven't pulled it, it out yet? Uh-uh. You pull I, it out I, tonight? I haven't been. No. Okay. <laughs> I haven't been able to practice that enough. Can you do 450? I could do 450. Um, I don't know. I think the forward rotation scares me a little bit. Okay. But uh, it's like if I'm going back, it's like I have to go. Mm. So it's just like take the fear out, go for it. Okay, let me ask you this as somebody who has never come off the top rope. I go swimming a lot, and I like to do somersaults in the water, mm-hmm. and I feel like the um, – I get discombobulated, right? Where you're just like, "Ooh, that felt," you know. What is that when they when you somersault? You just kind of your brain rocks back and forth real quick. You know what I mean? Where I just kind of get uh, woozy. Is that vertigo? Ver- it could, like maybe some vertigo, but is it, it does that happen when you're coming off the top rope? Like if you do a flip up in the air, does that? Uh, not not really, not for me. I feel like I just kind of got used to it mm-hmm. from like you know practicing moon salts and everything. So I'm just. I just kind of go and it happens. Is there a difference when you got something in your belly, like a, a chicken sandwich or like a burger or something like I, that? We're like, oh, I, I can't do that on a full stomach. I try not to eat too much before I wrestle, so okay. I've never had that feeling. Okay. But I'm sure it is different. It or coffee or something like that, right? Does I, coffee make a difference? I love coffee, but like I can't have coffee. I did have a little bit of Starbucks today, but it was way earlier because okay. I know I'm going to be putting it out the back end all, okay. all day if I drink coffee. So okay. I try to avoid it before wrestling. Something I think about, you know, I'm just sitting back here. In a chair, so I don't have those problems. Um, favorite submission hold? Mm. Favorite submission hold? Boston Crab. No, 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 no. That's a good um, one. Um, sharpshooter. Okay, I like that one. I always want to see the abdominal stretch make a big comeback. You know, not a lot of people do it, and like mm-hmm. it is a good hold. Yeah, it's just wonderful. It, I used to watch it on uh, was that Sunday morning wrestling WWF mm-hmm. when I was a kid, where every every match had the abdominal stretch. I mean, it's just a nice little decent wrestle, and yeah. you just disappeared. Work it a little <laughs> bit, and like the crowd, like if you know if you're really working the crowd, you can just work that in there, and it really works. You know. Mm. Did you ever see the one where I think it was Ring of Honor where they had like a four person abdominal stretch, <laughs> and they were going <laughs> where they kept like gr- pulling on people, and Cole Cabana went and reached into the crowd and. That was. I thought that made me laugh. I, I I do remember that. I don't remember who was all in it, but I do remember seeing that spot. I'd like to see that on YouTube at some point again. I I search for it about every year. Going, is that on YouTube anymore? Did that disappear? Did anybody, does anybody? Can anybody give me that match? If you're listening to this, put something in the comments. What was that match? Where I I like that that uh, portion of the match. Uh, favorite wrestling storyline. Favorite wrestling storyline. Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. Really? Yeah, and the whole Dominic thing. I think everything that they did together was great, honestly. And it had the crowd so invested. And it was like, it felt real. It felt personal. And that's the one that I remember the most. You know what? That and the invasion angle. Really? Yeah. That was your favorite? Well, that's when I first started watching wrestling okay. around that time. Like, I remember watching a little bit of wrestling before, but, like, my wrestling— So you weren't a big WCW Nitro. You know, that was I, already— See, look, I was, but I don't have a lot of memories of that because I remember watching Nitro. Okay. I had pl- the plush figures of Hogan, Nash, and Goldberg. But, like, just, like, my memory in general, like, going back, it really starts around 
the invasion angle and the whole Undertaker, DDP, and his wife and everything, like Rock and Booker T going back and forth oh, at man. it. So you missed Ice Train. Ice Train. Ice Train. Ice Train. Why just a wrestler in WCW. He was just some guy. That sounds <laughs> He was familiar. real good. Ice Train. I don't remember. I believe he was in a tag team called Fire and Ice. I'll have to ask uh, a director of operations, David Fire Barker. I don't ice. remember who Fire. Fire might have been Scott Norton. Were you a big Scott Norton really? fan? Really? Oh, yeah. Scott Norton was really good. Fire and Ice. Okay, I'm going to have to go back and check that yeah, out. That was around the time. I know, I know Harlem Heat was really big around that time. The Nasty Boys, I think, were in there. Mm-hmm. You missed a lot of that. Just... And I've, I've gone back and I've seen like yeah. you know a few matches and pay-per-views from that era and everything, but I'm not versed. In that okay. era, did you uh, do you remember Karate Fighters? Karate Fighters, yeah. Did you ever play Karate Fighters as a kid? Was that before your time? I think that might have been before my time. I want to say that uh, WWF, when it was Jim Cornette and Sonny, they were having like a Karate Fighters tournament during this time of wrestling, right before right before the Attitude Era picked <laughs> went off. So Karate Fighters was a toy, and you would get a like a pedestal, and you had um, like um, a knob that you would grab, and then you would um, wrote, you would turn it, mm-hmm. and you could take a different wrestler, like a fighter, and you put him on the pedestal. And then it's kind of like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, but for wrestling, I think. Okay. And so you had like some Street Fighter-esque Mortal Kombat-esque characters, and they had little things on their chest that would push in. And if if I hit the little thing on your guy's chest, he would flip off the pedestal and go flying. And his arms and his legs would maneuver, so you would just kind of like rock the 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 the. The, I don't know what to call this 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 machine here, this pedestal, but you would rock it back and forth and try and swing his arms and legs so I kick your guy right in the chest and he right. goes flying off the pedestal. Karate Fighters was the name of them. Karate Fighters. For a lot of people listening to this podcast, they're just like, I've never heard of this before. But never. They did, they did a tournament in WWF during this time, and it was wrestlers had to pick their karate fighters. And if I recall, Jim Cornette and Sonny were fighting each other, and Sonny cheated because she put gum on the bottom of her person so that they wouldn't go flying off the pedestal. And so she beat Jim Cornette. I'm just bringing up ancient history. This I didn't even know this existed yesterday. It just you know you reach back into your brain and and pull out some very old memories but uh check that out karate what were we talking about i don't know what we were talking about ice train ice train that's what it was uh last question this is an either or and it's in four parts uh either or degeneration x or nwo degeneration x uh bret hart or Shawn michaels Shawn michaels oh man uh rick flair hulk hogan Woo! and 2023 sure man uh he's still going like man hulk is he has done a lot of bad things for himself last one stone cold steve austin the rock the rock and then i i don't have this written down because i'm still building this uh what got you into wrestling kevin panic honestly i couldn't tell you i've been watching wrestling for as long as i remember i don't know if someone put me on or i was just flipping the channels and it came on Mm. but like well i remember like i said my earliest memory was around the Attitude Era, and then like watching a little bit of WCW with uh, my cousin Wayne. But I remember specifically there was uh, a promo between The Rock and Booker T. And The Rock was in the ring, he was doing his thing, Booker T came out, started talking smack, and The Rock was like, who in the blue (laughs) hell are you? I will always remember that so vividly, so Mm. vividly. What is your favorite Booker T? King Booker. Man, that was that was by far. I there was a time when 
King Booker was going that I said that is the best wrestler on the planet right 100%. now. hundred percent. He was the SmackDown champion. I went to go see him a few times when he was King Booker. He was doing his thing, honestly. And did, so did you miss a lot of his uh, WCW title runs? Like right when he broke out of Harlem Heat and he started that big singles run, he started becoming the five-time champ? Did you I, miss a lot yeah, of that? I did miss a lot of that. Man, he was so good. I probably saw like the – because what he was champ when WWE bought WCW, right? I believe so. I think so, or he was one of them. He was holding it. Yeah, I think he was holding the title. And so I, rem- I probably did watch a little bit of his last title reign, but it was nothing that I remember. Did you uh, did you ever see G.I. Bro? Yes. Man, that was awful. <laughs> that was, he, was, he was breaking out. The Harlem Heat. Harlem Heat was the best tag team in wrestling at the time, where him and Stevie Ray were just phenomenal, and they were tearing the house down. So, similar to how the Dragons tear the house down here at Wrestle mm. Arts, where it's the same kind of energy. And uh, he started to break out. People were like, he's about to become a huge star. And then they started that Misfits in Action stable. We're like, ah, let's throw him in there as GI Bro. And you're like, wait a minute, that guy? That guy's about to be the world champ. And they're like, right. ah, we got this idea. We want to see if it works. And killed his career for like a year. I don't think I saw that like when it was happening. But I've definitely gone back and I've seen plenty of footage of him as GI Bro. Let's take a moment to thank our amazing sponsor, Paradigm Games, for this episode, your ultimate destination for tabletop gaming excitement, conveniently located at 2479 North Meridian Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46208. But wait, that's not all, folks. Paradigm Games is not just your average game store. They are the proud hosts of the Wednesday Lorcana League Nights, where the action starts at 6.30 p.m. For just $10, you'll get a spot on the sheet and a booster pack to jump into the thrilling world of Lorcana. Plus, you'll be battling it out for monthly promos that'll leave you hungry for more. But wait, Paradigm Games has something special for all you Pokemon enthusiasts out there. Join them every Sunday from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. for Pokemon League. And the best part? It's completely free. Gather your best decks, trade cards, and meet fellow trainers in the ultimate showdown. So whether you're a board game fanatic or a Pokemon trainer, Paradigm Games is your go-to destination for gaming, fun, in Indianapolis. Support our sponsor because they support your passion. Um, I think about myself, I, I made a decision in my life where I graduated college and I said, well, I can either go to North Carolina to train to be a pro wrestler with the talk of the town, Taylor McAllister, or I can go to Hollywood and, and work in film. And I made that choice in my life where I said, I'm going to go west and pursue Hollywood. Was there a choice? When did you, how did, you know, I feel like becoming a professional wrestler, there's a certain moment where you chart your path, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a very hard decision to take. This is not an easy life. Where was that decision for you? So and, and how old were you? I say between 2011, probably more like 2012 to 2013. There was a period when I wasn't watching wrestling. I mean, I was a junior, senior in high school, caught up with everything going on. So yeah. kind of wrestling just kind of took a back burner. And I remember early 2014, um, I met, um, and he's not my brother, but he's like my brother, my sure. brother uh, Isaac, and uh, his brother Boogie. That's also like my other brother. Boogie, I love it. <laughs> and um, their dad was a really big wrestling fan. And that's how I found out about the WWE Network. And I okay. was like, okay, that's actually pretty cool. So then I can kind of go back and start watching older stuff and everything. I think subconsciously I wanted to watch the new stuff. But that's sure. what I was saying back then because like, I didn't think wrestling was super cool and everything. And then I started watching NXT. Okay. And I started seeing guys like Finn Balor, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Neville. Wow. And... You know, before then, I knew there was other wrestling, like Ring of Honor, Wrestling in Japan, 
TNA, um, Impact, whatever it was called then. But I didn't know, like, how big the indies were, you know, sure. and that whole branch of everything. So when I'm seeing these guys, I'm like, where did they come from? Like, how did this all start? And I knew there were other wrestling. Like, I've seen, like, flyers of wrestling, you know, uh, here, like, Indianapolis or Indiana. Sure. But I've always, like, back then I was like, oh, it's not WWE. It's not cool <laughs> and everything. And, yeah, so that's when I just started watching more independent wrestling and mm -hmm. seeing more guys on the independent scene. And I was like, I always felt like that I'd had the ability to do what we do in that ring. I would just, I didn't apply myself before then. So seeing that, I'm like, you know what? These guys are making a name for themselves. I know they're going to, they're making money overseas. That's all I want. I want to be able to just live comfortably, uh, be able to take care of uh, me, my future family yeah. with wrestling. I don't have to be in impact, new Japan, AEW, WWE. I just want to be able to be financially well and do what I love doing. Mm. And, I was like, you know what? That's the path. And I took that. And um, first time I got in a ring was, oh, what is it? New England Pro Wrestling Academy, Killer Kowalski's old school. Cause my mom, oh, wow, really? Yeah, my mom lived in Boston, and they had a fantasy camp. And I was going to try to convince her to let me come and stay with her when I went out there. That didn't happen. But uh, that was the first time I ever got in the ring, um, met Tommaso Ciampa. Fantasy camp is in you just get to meet the wrestlers, but it's not as not as much of a training ground as it is, is like, well, you get to be in the ring with Tommaso Ciampa. I, I guess, can you explain? So we didn't get to be, he was just there kind of like doing a speech, but okay. like fantasy camp as in like um, people coming as like a one day thing to see if, you know, they are able to do what we do in the ring. So it's like okay. you got to take bumps, run the ropes, learn how like to. Like scouting. Yeah, pretty okay. much. Kind of like that. And I took that first bump, and I was like, I love this. And that was the moment for me. And you know what? Everyone says your first bump sucks. No, the first bump doesn't suck. It's running the ropes that suck. Wow. Because I didn't know they were wire. Like yeah. Like actual wire. I thought it was like rope taped up. I was wrong. Man. Have you seen Roger Malcolm run the ropes in WrestleArts? I have not. I don't Man, think I've seen that. That is, I would pay just to watch that. I think is that dude could sell tickets just running the ropes for a living because he just he's intense. That's the uh, the warrior poet seer. Mm -hmm. um, so okay, can you take us from there then? How did you get involved with um, with QT Marshall? So I had a few journeys of trying to start my wrestling career. Um, so after being in New England. I actually tried to go. Where, you, where to, are you from, by the way? I'm from Boston. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I, tried, I think I knew that. I tried to go to um, Wrestle One, uh, wrestling uh, promotion in Japan, because they had a three-week international mm. camp. And you haven't been outside the country in your life at this point. Yes. Okay. I had not. Wow. So that was the first time a big on a plane, yeah. fourteen hours straight to Tokyo from wow. Toronto. So how that, old are you at this point? Tw wait, what year was this? Twenty seventeen. Minus six, 22. Wow. 22. It's a and good time to go over there. You're like, yeah, you know, you know, and I'm I've 22 always two years old. Nothing could happen to me. Right. And I've always loved the Japanese culture. So it was a win win. Um, it was supposed to be three weeks. I only ended up there for one week. And okay. I don't want to speak too much on Wrestle One just because sure. it was fun while I was there. But there were some things that me and the other people who were there was just kind of turned us off. Sure. So all three of us ended up leaving. I came back to Indianapolis. I found WCWO because this guy at my job told me that he trained there. Okay. And then that's when I got my initial training. Um, 
we won't speak on WCW too okay. so much. That's fine. <laughs> we'll leave that. Um, and then I started uh, a new job during that time, and I kind of wanted to focus because, like, I thought it was a great opportunity for me to grow there. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of left that behind. 2019, I end up going trying to go to Reality Wrestling in Houston, Booker T School. Uh, I moved out there. Sure. I was there for a year. Okay. Houston's freaking hot. I, yeah. I, I don't recommend it at all. Um, so I go there, end up joining the school, ended up messing up my shoulder on a freak accident. So kind of rehabbing that, I kind of t- took a step back away from the ring. Moved back February of 2020. Yeah, February 2020, the world shuts down. Yeah, sure. So, I was, by, by the way, when you talk about injuries, were you into sports during school? Like, did you were you on the football team, basketball team, baseball, any of that? Stuff? I didn't have the grades for sports. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> but you know what? I played rugby because rugby was a club, and you didn't need good grades. Okay, for it. fair enough. <laughs> so, um, world shuts down, so I'm just kind of gathering like what I'm going to do next for myself. And then I saw that Cody and QT. Uh, starting a school they were doing classes and you know once things started to open back up and I was able to work I just saved my money so I can get down to the Nightmare Factory when did when did they start that when did the Nightmare Factory you because it was already rolling by the time you got there right? I, th- I think it was like the beginning of 2021 because we were I was camp four and I think it was every three months okay so probably the end of 2020 is when I, I think they started it mm-hmm. about how many people were you in camp with? It was like 13 of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you notice they were all different skill sets? Oh, yeah, 100%. There were some guys who had never stepped in the ring before. Um, there were some guys who had been wrestling for a, a few years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was a mixed bag of everybody. Can you tell us where Sneaky Strong comes from? <laughs> so, Sneaky Strong. Um, my boy Frankie, Frankie Filto. Um, shout out to the dudes in kimonos, uh, the D.I.K., the Dicks. Uh, great tag team. Check them out in Atlanta. Um, we were doing conditioning because um, it was Monday through Thursday. Two to four was um, just weight training and everything. And yeah. then we'd have a break. And then from five to whenever we were done was entering training. And we were doing um, max squat. Mm-hmm. And I was up and I hit 335. And after I racked it, I just heard uh, Frankie said, man, Kev is sneaky strong. And I was like, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to keep that one in the chamber. So shout out to Frankie Filto. That's my guy. He gave me that uh, that moniker unknowingly. What would you what would you say goes into being sneaky strong? Is it that because you've built a name for yourself in wrestle arts by I'm going to lift up Hillbilly Jet. I just kind of I know I'm going to do it. Uh, And so you're 405. I've noticed that ever said said how Hillbilly Jet's 405. 405. You put him down. And uh, and then he came off the top rope. And that was, jeez, I didn't know that was coming either. Neither did I. And that was scary. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know if I can cuss on here or not. Ah, go ahead. Yeah, um, that was scary. What is it about Kevin Panic that, that pushes that sneaky strong? Are you looking in there? Is it the determination in yourself? Are you going into a match? Or are you going into a weight room saying, like, I'm going to lift the heaviest thing here just so that I know that I can? Like, what is your motivation for that? So sneaky strong is, like, you know, definitely what I present. Like, when, you know, I... I consider myself a decently strong person, <laughs> sneaky strong. Yeah. But like physically, when you look at me, you wouldn't expect me to be able to lift what I can. Mm. Right. And that's what Frankie thought as well. So along with that, it's also a mindset as well. Like being able to come back and fight when you're down and out, being able to 
bring that energy back up and bring yourself back up when people don't expect it from you. Mm. And I think that's, you know, the mentality of, you know, being sneaky strong. Do you do it for you or do you do it for the community? Do you do it to to uplift to see how, you know, how far a human could go or do you do it selfishly for your own reasons, do you think? I think it's a little bit of both. I was going to say that you can make your symbol the uh, ant because ants can lift, you know, multiple times their size, their body weight. I didn't even think about and that. And they do it for the good of the the community. They do it for the the good of the colony. Right. You're like, man, that that I would like be a that, really honestly. good. Honestly, put a little ant on the side of your trunks or something like that. You know, I'm fascinated by ants if you didn't know. <laughs> if you go to the Cincinnati Zoo, they have a whole ant exhibit where the ants just kind of run the place where there's all these little tubes around the uh, insect uh, area and 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 they uh, have a whole just a whole place for you to go and check the check them out. And, I didn't even know that. Yeah, and they're just sitting there carrying things back to the the colony, and you can watch them, and they're really fascinating. Okay, start getting into ants. <laughs> if, you, if humans are gone tomorrow, ants are taking this whole planet over. I'm telling you. And cockroaches. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know. Apparently, they ants can will take them out. Apparently, uh, they can survive a nuclear holocaust. Let's see if they can survive the colony. That'll be our stable name. The colony. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. The colony. Where do you see? Where do you see yourself? Because um, you talked about making a, a living for professional wrestling. Ten years down the road, what do you what do you envision for yourself? Ten years down the road, I mean, shoot, fingers crossed. We're signed to a big company. We're on TV. We're doing big things. But I mean, like I said earlier, if I'm working like you know, promotions like PWG and uh, NOAA, DDT, and like you know, bigger name promotions, but that aren't like you know the top brands. Yeah. As long as I'm able to. Um, provide for myself and live comfortably by wrestling that's all i care about have you noticed um being in the professional wrestling business that you are sharpening other skills that you didn't think you would sharpen because i certainly notice it um that running a professional wrestling company you know being a professional wrestler working with other people there are skills outside of wrestling that translate to a lot of other things that maybe we didn't learn in school do you ever find that in yourself because how long would you say how long you've been doing this now um we're talking about since the beginning, so yeah. like since 2017, but like collectively all together, maybe like three years. What other things are you getting better at that you did not uh, think that you would become an expert in? Hmm, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. I will were, say, were you always a very personable person? Like, were you a popular kid in school? Were you like, I can go talk to anybody? Not at all. That was a skill I had to acquire over uh, a, a decent amount of years. But I will say, I feel like wrestling has sharpened my mind a little bit in the sense that I was always like spacey and it's mm. like I don't know I feel like being you know in the ring and you know when you're talking about how everything's going to go down you know you have to be able to keep that clear mind and not mm. keep that fogginess because you know there's guys who go out there and they hit the lights and they forget everything yeah you know okay so definitely I feel like being out there now it's like I'm ready and it's like my mind is clear less foggy and I'm just able to focus. Is there is there anywhere that you would compare being in the ring to? Do you feel that, oh, yeah, being in the ring is like playing rugby or being in the ring is more like being on stage or is being in the ring like being in the gym where you're getting that workout in and you're focused on getting a sweat going, you know? Like, what? where do you – where does that translate in your life? Where do you compare it to? You know, one thing I did just think of is – um Public speaking. I was never the best at public speaking. Yeah. So I think being out in front of a crowd and uh, performing has definitely helped, like, I guess, stage fright for me mm. to where, like, you know, sometimes I'm talking in front of, uh, like, at my job, talking in front of a 
class of new associates yeah. and everything. So being able to just go up there and just kind of talk and not have those nerves, I think that's one thing that's translated from wrestling mm. for me. Could you do it now? Where if you if you came and talked into a full of a, a classroom full of kids, oh absolutely, you you wouldn't be nervous no, than you would have been three years ago. I would say this: I'd probably be nervous right before it happened, and then as soon as it starts, I'm just in it. Mm. What about math? Have you found yourself just since you you just traveled? So I'd like to hear you uh, talk about that a little bit, like managing your finances and managing your schedule, and you know managing just all your time. I guess have you found that? Um, You've learned a lot from the the business in that way. No, because I blew a bag when I was in the UK. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I tried to be as best as possible, but when you're on vacation, you just kind of lose a track of time and money. And you know, I may have lost like three hundred dollars at a strip club that I shouldn't have went to, oh, but it's okay. <laughs> hey, look, when 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 in the UK, do as the. Uh, <laughs> As the Brits, the Scots, and the the Irish. Do you want to? And and we could we could end on this. Do you? We we missed you for the last couple months at Wrestle Arts. Do you want to talk about your your excursion to the UK? Oh man, it was beautiful. I mean, we did. Uh, we flew into London, did a day in London, a day in Liverpool, two days in Glasgow, a day in Edinburgh, um, a day in Belfast, three days in Dublin, and two days back in London. And I went to All In in Wembley, and that was amazing. The the crowd, the energy, it was it was wild. It was a really good time. But overall, like if anyone hasn't been to the United Kingdom, definitely go. And I, especially especially Ireland, it is so green. It is so beautiful. I would love to be back. Did you get to see any castles? I did see a few castles. Oh. Yeah, that's amazing. We actually went to uh, the Cliffs of Moher, which is like on the countryside, the far west side of uh, Ireland. And um, it, it was just beautiful. The water looked great. The cliffs looked great. And then there was like, uh, it was a smaller castle, but it's still a nice castle that um, was there. And then we got to see some castles in Edinburgh that were like pretty big. What about uh, food? Man. I wanted to ask about food, but I was like, ah, man, you should ask about castles first, you know, so I could seem fancy. But fish and chips, uh, the shepherd's fish, pie. Oh, all of it. <laughs> shepherd's pie, the fish and chips, um, haggis, amazing. Did you wrestle while you were out there? No, I didn't. You just went out there as a, a tourist? Pretty much. Man. Um, the black pudding, and it's a blood sausage, right? And it kind of threw me off. I read up on it, and I didn't want to try it. And then it was put in front of me, and I was like, you know what? Why not? And it was really good. The white pudding, though, not that good, but the black pudding was pretty good. That's amazing. Kevin, do you want to hype your match tonight? So tonight we got a triple threat match for the triple threat championship. It is me, Jordan Die, and this weird guy in a mask. I don't really know who he is. Rayton Carter. <laughs> no, no, I know. He's pretty good. <laughs> don't discount him. <laughs> but they're not better than me. I'm going to well, beat them of course, both. That's true. And I'm going to take that triple threat championship tonight. Please do. Oh, 100%. Shut Jordan Die up, please. Oh, I I plan to. You know the only problem though. There's nobody in there you know big enough that you might want to lift. I'll just lift them both at the there same you go. time. Okay, sounds good. Please do. Oh no, I I I, I plan on it. <laughs> is there is there any match anything on YouTube that you want us to highlight is or tell the fans to Go check out. Uh, just go search me up on YouTube, Kevin Panic, and there's a few uh, matches on my profile. Wrestle Arts Eight with Sean Kemp, if I recall, you had a hell of a match there. That was uh, I really like enjoy wrestling Sean Kemp. Dude's a great guy, great wrestler, yeah. and, a lot of energy. Um, and if you're listening, 
I would love a second chance to take you down again because I will lift your big ass up and I will slam your big ass down. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Kevin Panic. thank you for your time. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. And there's one more thing i got to say. All these guys these in two. the back, I know that y'all might be worried about me, but just don't panic.